Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined once again by Eve Batoba and Justin Southwell. Guys, we are one week closer to kickoff. Another one week, week at a time. You just got to take it one week at a time at this point in the summer. Slowly but surely, we will make it there. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep myself distracted, you know, keep myself busy doing other things so I don't have to think about how far away football season still is. But, you know, we'll, it'll be here before we know it, hopefully. I interviewed Chief. You guys remember Chief, right? Yeah. Chief. I interviewed him yesterday for a story I'm working on coming out later this this summer. And uh, he was like, yeah, we're back in it. We're, we're ready to go. And I ran into Gary Calcagno, one of the strength coaches in the elevator. Yeah. Coach and G. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing maxes today. A couple players hit over 300 on their cleans. So... Guys, team is looking good. They're back at it. They're ready to go. It's a big deal in the summertime whenever you can get the cowboy iron. That's what they called it, right, Justin? The cowboy iron. That sounds right, yeah. Um, That sounds right. Which is, you know, depending on the position that you play, you have to hit like a certain number for your bench, for your squat, for your clean, for, you know, whatever else it was. I think it's those three, and they have to add up to be more than a 1,000 50 pounds a thousand feet yeah that's what it was and then and then you get the cowboy iron if you can get all those things so i think this is around that time of the year where people are you know racking up those cowboy iron medals so yeah it's exciting it's exciting we're getting there i guess it's also kind of exciting that earlier this week oklahoma state launched a new athletics website okstate.com got a revamp i was shocked when i went on earlier to research some things for this episode and i'm just going to okstate.com to look at the roster look at the schedule and i'm like oh my gosh this is different am i on the right website so if you have not gone yet go check it out for yourself i honestly i have mixed feelings on it uh i I like change, but I was not expecting that, although it makes it easier than ever to gain NIL access. And I do think that that's a really cool thing. If you go to the website, go to the top, there's an NIL tab. You can go to NIL home and there's the NIL marketplace. Yeah, it looks like so Cowboy Football and well, OSU Athletics all together partnered with Open Doors. So whenever you click on the NIL marketplace, it takes you straight to their Open Doors affiliate and Open Doors, you know, market, I guess. But I'm right there with you, Meg. It seems it feels busy. You know, right when you click on the on the website, I thought it was going to be a little more simple, easier to navigate. But the UI experience isn't great. But uh, yeah, you know, what do I know? I'm not a I'm not a, a pro in that area. I think y'all are just you know, you're not agents of change. You like you like things to be all the same all the time. But you know, I think if you just give it some time, spend a little bit, a couple of hours on the website, you'll get used to it and and say, yeah, you know what. I don't even remember the old one. It's kind of like whenever Facebook would make an update back in the day and everybody's like, oh, this update's trash. And then like a week later, everybody's like, oh, I kind of like this update. It's cool. I mean, yeah, you'll, you'll adapt 
you'll end up, you know, making you know, coming along with the changes. But if it takes you a couple hours to have to you know, <laughs> figure things out, then it's probably not a good design. Well, but, I can't think of anywhere else that would be better spending a couple hours on except for the OSU website. How about that? <laughs> the the thing with Facebook though, Justin, is that normally I would see it on Twitter before experiencing it myself. So you see other people complaining about the update on social media. So I am mentally prepared when I would go to Facebook. But when I went to okstate.com earlier today, I was not prepared and I thought that I was in the wrong place. So if you go to okstate.com for the first time in a couple days, you are in the right place. They just changed it. I do think, I do think I've been looking around at the NIL the NIL uh, marketplace. And I was saying you guys earlier, it reminds me a little bit of Cameo. And I do think it's kind of cool because it can, you can, it's sorted by teams. It has prices of athletes. So right now I think Dayton Fix is the highest person. Uh, he's starting at $92 for $92. Dayton Fix will record a shout out for you. So he can, for $166, he'll post on social media for you. Yeah. I saw Jackson Wright. The wrestler, it looks like, is the most expensive athlete on the thing. $500 for a shout out. Where uh, are you seeing him? Because I'm on the wrestling page and I don't see him. Yeah, I just, just type in his name. And, uh, and they, need to, they need to get this together. Yeah, so he's a guy that has a large TikTok following. He has like almost 500,000 followers on TikTok, um, a whole bunch of uh, social media activity, which, you know, has a lot of value in the actual NIL landscape. But I thought what was interesting, though, was that. Uh, from what I saw, the second highest paid guy was, if and correct me if I'm wrong, Alan Bowman. Well, Dayton's 92, Bowman's 77. Oh, is he? Okay, got you. So, yeah, so Bo Bowman's probably the highest football person. Yeah. And I know last week we talked about, hey, is it, you know, are we for sure that he's going to be QB1 or do we know? Do we not know? But I think that if he's going to be the highest ranked person on the football team, then it's probably, it might be a pretty good indication that he's QB1. But. Who knows uh, what information the coaches, the coaches are divulging over to open doors <laughs> for the marketplace. I don't even know how the prices are set, so I don't know how that whole thing is figured out. If you guys could set a price for a shout out, a realistic price, what do you think you would charge? $85, baby. Yeah, number 85. So, of course, you got to just dish out. I'm just kidding. Um, it'd be more like $850. Um, <laughs> I'd be on the very low end. I love engaging with Oklahoma State fans. I'd probably do it for free, to be honest. But, hey, you know, Eve, I know you're going to charge $25. Go ahead and say it. Nah, man. I'm uh, Look, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Brandon Whedon out here. So, you have former players too, right? It's so like Brandon Whedon's in the marketplace. He's over here charging like $59. Bucks. Uh, yeah, $59 for a shout-out over here. I'm definitely not going above $59, right? I'm no Whedon. To be honest, I'm pretty low maintenance. Talk to anybody for for the low low. Two dollars. Give me two dollars, and I, you know, go ahead. And <laughs> you got to value yourself a little bit, Eve. You know, hey, I'm all about volume. You know, if I if I put yeah. in two dollars, maybe I get a thousand people that all want to come in. And, and, and that's pay. what I was thinking. Also, you know, different different ways, different ways to look at it. I said I wouldn't do. I because there's some players that are on there, some athletes across all sports for starting at eleven dollars, and I'm like, I would want more than eleven dollars, but eleven was my number, so it does feel kind of right. I think yeah. I might. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Or eleven dollars and eleven cents because make a wish. It's good luck. <laughs> hey, look, I think uh, it's so interesting. It's like 
if you want Jackson to make an uh, an appearance at your practice or at your event, it's a thousand dollars minimum. And Brandon Whedon's at like four hundred seventy two bucks. It's just so in- interesting in this day and age that we live in, right? About how things are valued. But social media just has a lot of clout and a lot of pull these days. Wow. Just interesting because they're college kids, and I'm glad that they're getting paid for their appearances and they're able to do all of that. But it's also just they're college kids too, you know. Yeah, but you only get to be a college kid for four years. So while you have this popularity, I think you squeeze as much of it as you can. Oh, for sure. I'm not. I'm not judging them. Capitalize all the time. I just think it's so interesting, you know, going to media days. Last week, I've been to SEC media days. I've been to Big Ten media days in the past. And the crowds of people that just kind of hang out waiting for a college kid's autograph yeah. is insane to me. And, you you know, people in Europe are like, They're, it's college sports. Like, why are you freaking out? But for Americans, it's like, no, this is, this is my team, especially if you're from Oklahoma where there's not pro football here. It's you got to go to KC or you got to go to Dallas. It's like, no, this is my squad. This is my team. This is who I grew up watching. This is my number one team. So it's just, it's just interesting to me, not good, bad, but I just think it's really interesting that that they're, they're college kids and people love them. Yeah. Four years of college, unless you're Alan Bowman. (laughs) And in which case you're going to be hanging out for a little while longer. Perry Ellis of Oklahoma state. (laughs) Uh, He, so this is crazy, but I think he pointed out, in one of his interviews that Joe Burrow had won the national championship at LSU at the time he was still at Texas tech. And he's since moved on to be for the Cincinnati Bengals going to the super bowl and he's still in college. So yeah, he's still in college and on his third team since then. <laughs> yeah, <it's so> crazy. <laughs> Might as well stick around if you're going to get paid. Might is, as well, man. Is Bowman the oldest player in college football? Ooh, I feel. I bet there's probably an Australian punter somewhere out there that's about 38 years old getting right. his freshman year in right now. That yeah. was my other guess that it would be. It would be. Um, I thought. I thought Bowman was born in the 90s. No, he's only 23. So he's. Uh, I, I heard someone say that he was 24, but no, he. I just looked. He's not. Not a 90s baby, but. So crazy, man. We new we, era. We, we keep getting older, and these <laughs> college students just stay the same age. And it's, yeah, it's so crazy. That, I don't you know, like to think about it. Over here, fan fanboying over somebody born in two thousand three. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't even alive during like some major life event. Nine eleven, like you weren't yeah. even around. Whatever. It's like what? That's why. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was in eighth grade, um, but I digress. I digress. But yes, if you have not already, check out the new okstate.com. Book your favorite OSU athletes for your new next event today. We have noticed, not we have noticed, but in some recent episodes, we have seen your comments. We have answered some in the past. We wanted to get back to a fan mailbag today to answer some questions that you guys have asked us over these past few episodes. We do notice you. We do appreciate you asking. So let's just get right to it, guys. This is from Garth Still 7665 on YouTube. He asked, which new Big 12 team are you most excited to play? Hmm. Interesting. Well, you know what? I think when you see that our game against UCF has been sold out and you know UCF has a huge fan base, right? One of the largest student bodies in the country. Uh, it's easy to get excited about that, right? It feels like, okay, what what are they about, you know? And 
on the internet, you've seen some of the things that they kind of get angry about calling them Central Florida. So, you know, it seems like, you know, you're just kind of getting your trash talk ready and getting it prepared. I love, I don't know about y'all, I love watching football games on Twitter, like along with Twitter, you know, like we're we're all watching it. Live tweeting the games. Yeah, Yeah, live tweeting the games is so much fun, man, like with all of uh, OSU Twitter being involved. So I think UCF could be interesting, but there's one university that I think – their uniqueness, their history, the people that I've ever met that have gone to this university. Uh, I think this is probably the one I'm looking forward to the most is BYU. Like BYU just, it's just such a unique school in their own right. So I'm excited about that experience. I know it's going to be at home this season, but excited for the following season whenever we go out there um, to BYU. Yeah, for me, I think I'm, I'm going to go with Cincinnati for homecoming because mm. uh, you know, they one. get to – they get to experience Stillwater for the first time, and it's going to be homecoming, uh, the first matchup of any of the newcomers. So just that anticipation, I think, surrounding that game is going to be just lit. And then, of course, they were most recently out of these last four teams uh, in the college football playoff. So there's a little bit of uh, recent history of them being on the national level, and uh, I think that that's obviously still relevant even without their – Head coach uh, returning. I know a lot of guys have transferred out since then, but hey, you make it to the playoff, uh, but you're still on people's minds. So I like that aspect of it. And they've produced some really good NFL players recently, right? The recent defensive player of the year, rookie defensive player of the year, Sauce Gardner. Don't forget Travis Kelsey comes from the University of Cincinnati. Like they, they got some dogs for whatever reason. Like they, uh, they tend to attract some pretty dang good talent. Justin stole my answer. I mean, there's only four teams to choose from. So right, I yeah. Exactly. But I also said Cincinnati for the same reason. America's greatest homecoming. It really last year. So the, last year was my first homecoming experience. My first year in Stillwater. There oh, wow. was no homecoming because of COVID. Yeah. The second year in Stillwater, I had COVID the week of homecoming and oh, I man. was so sad. I hosted a show at Fountain Dying. Two days later, I tested. I was like, this is, I'm so sad. I was waiting for it for over a year. And last year was my first year getting to really experience homecoming. And it was, I watched the game with Justin's family. I crashed their tailgate. Yeah. Uh, but I, it like the walk around, everything's an experience like no other. And I think what better way to welcome a team to the Big 12 than beating them at your homecoming, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Of course. Hey, Welcome to the conference. Welcome I'm also, to the Big 12. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think for a school like Cincinnati where, you know, I've, I've never been to a game in Cincinnati, so I can't say, but just like that Big 12, like that is the epitome of college football atmosphere. So I think that's going to be a really fun game for any Cincinnati fan to come to as well, just to experience that environment. Mm-hmm. And if you said BYU, I'm more excited to play them at – BYU than at yeah. home because I think just that backdrop is unbelievable. So who knows when we'll play them there because we don't know how the scheduling is going to shake out. But Cincy at home this year and overall BYU in at BYU. Yeah, it's crazy. I think um during during homecoming, you know, room rates end up doubling. You get a minimum of eighty thousand people coming in town for a homecoming. I think on average, it's like a hundred thousand people show up annually to homecoming. It truly is mm-hmm. America's greatest homecoming celebration. So I'm thinking I'm gonna steal y'all's answer, Cincinnati for homecoming. No, you can't. You can't. No, you had your. Answer. Oh, I can't. All right. All right. No, that's cool. Uh, you can you can change your opinion. Even right you're welcome back here. 
That's hey, I know we were. Hey, look, man, I'm on the transfer portal when it comes to these uh these uh, mailback questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On the subject of uh, Big 12 programs and transfer portal, Eve, if you could play for any other Big 12 program, who would it be and why? Man, y'all not going to like my answer, y'all. Are you going to say OU? Heck no. I would never say OU. Okay. <laughs> no, I just I'm want just to confirming. Know. I feel like, by the way, before you answer – I feel like OU in Texas should probably be scrapped from the list, or no? What y'all they think? are. You know what? Let's make that a, a thing right now. They're scrapped from the list because they're gone next year. Because so I feel like Eve was probably about to say Texas. A thousand percent was going to say Texas. Okay, yeah. So you're going to have to come up with somebody else now. <laughs> they're gone. And I had all my reasoning for why I wanted to pick Texas. All right. So if I have to pick somebody else, come back to me. Now i got to give it all some right. time. I'd play for Texas to get fashion tips from Coach Sarkeesian's wife. She is freaking – stunning and has amazing sideline fashion but she's dope i i i just know eve too well i knew you that, do. that i knew that answer was coming um for me i would choose kansas state i knew it i knew it and uh this is kind of like a recent thing too because i think whenever i was growing up i had a, a natural draw toward texas tech they had the same high school colors as me at westmore they had Wes Welker playing receiver. Of course, I loved their style of offense being the air raid. It would make sense for a receiver like me to go to Texas Tech. But recently, uh, just kind of like going through the, the last decade or so, I've just noticed that Kansas State has such similar vibes to Oklahoma State. And of course, y'all know my love for Oklahoma State. So, you know, they've got that family atmosphere, uh, cool uniforms, pretty cool stadium. I think I'd have to pick Kansas State. So you're just going with the school that reminds you the most of Oklahoma State. I ain't of mad. course. I ain't mad. Yeah. I, my answer is, I don't have a good reason for my answer um, other than it's the closest school to home, Cincinnati. It's cl- very close to the East Coast. It's is short. It closer than West Virginia? I guess, yeah. Northeast. It's a little well, bit further I, mean, I think Cincy and West Virginia are kind of similar. I don't know the drives off the top of my head. West Virginia might be slightly closer. However, Cincinnati is also a major city where Morgantown's more of a college right. town. And when I was looking at colleges many moons ago, my big thing was I wanted to go to school in a city. I didn't consider any school not in a city. I went to school in downtown Boston. So I feel like I would just thrive in the Cincinnati city environment while also being a like hour flight from home. <laughs> How come you didn't develop a Boston accent? I just weren't there long enough, maybe. No, I mean, I, I talk very intentionally. If I'm if I'm home for long enough, I my Philly accent comes out, and I yeah. probably hear it in certain words. But I speak very intentionally. I was talking to someone else from Philly the other day, and he was like, "Oh, you so you're in Stillwater?" I was like, "Stillwater, Stillwater, yeah, I'm in Stillwater." <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. wow, nice. All right, so circling back, I automatically ruled out TCU and UCF. I don't want any school that's in a and in Houston. I don't want any big city or metropolitan area type schools. After going to school in Stillwater, Oklahoma, there's really something special about being in a college town in a small town, right? So process of elimination, those schools are out. Even though I was going to pick Austin, Texas, that doesn't make any sense, but it's for reasons, <laughs> for reasons that are separate from that. Uh, man, I, I got to go with the University of Kansas. Wow. I think I'll go University of Kansas, man. I think I uh, considered them. Yeah. You know, you got Lawrence, Kansas. It's, it, it has that, that type of feel, small town, great basketball program, right? Like we get to, can, can I, that. can I just pump the brakes real fast? They have Adidas uniforms. Are you really going go uh, to go to a school with an Adidas uniform? Uh, 
process uh, of elimination probably should keep keep those wheels spinning. Uh, yo, thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Automatically out. <laughs> Automatically out. Yeah, Kansas is out. Would never go to Texas Tech. I'm, I'm not worried. Who's left, Eve? Who was? Who could you yeah, really no, play I, for? I gotta go with like West Virginia or something. Are you gonna go to BYU wow. or something? Like West Virginia, they got a good backdrop. That's, that's not gonna come be my roommate at K State. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no Adidas schools, man. Sorry, Cincinnati, you're. Uh, I think they're. I think they're Adidas too, right? I think they might be. Uh, uh, they switched to Nike recently. Oh, did they? But it's like through some third party website. I don't remember the whole story, but. I saw their new uniforms at Big 12 Media Days, and they look kind of thrown together, not not great. Mm. They used to have Under Armour. Yeah, I'm seeing yeah. Under Armour right and now. And they were pretty unique. Uh, I, and back in my day, okay, whenever we were playing on NCAA 2006 or whatever it was, they used to have those claw stripes on the pants, and I always thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, It's probably, probably corny now looking at it, oh, looking back sure. at it, but... Hey, but the things, cool. that I, the things that we thought were, were clean back in the day are so trash now. Whenever you look at that, so trash. But yeah, I, I wouldn't pick Cincinnati anyway because they're too big of a metropolitan area. I love mm. the college town feel. So yeah, what is I, this? Is going to sound? I, I just don't want to burn some couches. But... I want to burn some couches in Morgantown. Wow, wow. WV for Eve. I don't know. Yeah, I was I thinking BYU. You know. Uh, you've got the Y on your helmet and everything, but I, I just I don't think I would have any fun at BYU. All right. <laughs> my my fun experience at Oklahoma State was was a major factor for for why it's so memorable. I told you rules at rules at BYU. I don't if you live a normal college life, then it's different. It's different. Yeah, so I remember. This is, this is what these kids are going through in their recruiting process, trying to figure out where they want to go. I mean, to me, it's clear Oklahoma State is where you need to go. I, I agree, man. Like, it's really no contest, um, you know, when it comes to these. But, yeah, you know, I'm a little biased. Hmm. Just a little bit. Well, next question, guys. We've established who, which program you want to play for. Which coach, other than Mike Gundy, Mike Gundy is not allowed to be an answer in this because I feel like he'd be the obvious answer. But besides Mike Gundy, which coach in the Big 12 do you respect most? Um, yeah, this is a little bit tougher, but I think yeah. without with it being so early, it's hard to know for sure. But my gut right now is saying Joey McGuire down mm -hmm. in Lubbock. Uh, you can just kind of tell he's got a passion for football, wants to be the best. Uh, Tech beat Texas and OU in the same season for the first time in school history, and he's established a top 25 recruiting class. So I mean, just respect for what you're able to do um, in that short amount of time. That's that's clutch. Even though, I mean, I may I feel like maybe an easier answer would have been uh, climbing at Kansas State. Of course, I got, I've already got the K State bias going. But I wanted to switch it up. Of course, he's won a, a Big Twelve championship early in his tenure. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Joey McGuire. Yeah, got a lot of respect for Joey. Right, he he really got it out the mud. Even whenever you throw in his high school coaching experience, I mean, you know, Crowley High School, Cedar Hill High School, he was out there with some you know with some dogs. And I'm pretty sure he has like four state uh, state championships in the high school ranks. So how can you not respect that? Respect that. Um, I got to say for me, Dave Aranda, Dave Aranda down at Baylor. I mean, you're taking a guy who 
is one of the most respected coaches in the whole industry already, right? He had a very strange start to his head coaching career, you know, terrible two and seven debut during the, you know, the COVID-19 season. And then boom, he re- he rebounds by taking Baylor over to the Big 12 championship game, top five finish in 2021, 12 and two. And then uh, just everything that he's been able to do from what he inherited with a f- program that seemed like it was getting to death sentence, you know, from mm-hmm. what had happened at Baylor and for him to be able to bring it back to life. How could you not respect that? And it seems like all his players uh, really like him as well. And how could you not like a guy who, uh, when it seems like you're, you know, the guys that you coach rally around you, uh, it just makes it that much easier to think that, okay, it's easy to respect an individual. Mm-hmm. This question was hard for me because there were so many good options. Just looking at the list of big 12 yeah. coaches, I'm like, I really like Joey McGuire. I really like Aranda. I thought about Lance Leipold up in Kansas because what he's done for that program, he's turned it around in a season. He signed a long-term contract. He wants to build something at Kansas and Kansas is up until last year, it was not a football school. Uh, so I, ha- I was like, which, who do I, who do I go with? I had to, I, my first one saying very obvious, Sonny Dykes after what he did TCU last year was unranked. They didn't have no expectations and he leads that team to a national championship. So that was really impressive. The caveat with Sonny Dykes is, was that, I don't want to say a fluke, but was that a lot of dug in? Like what will TC, I think what TCU does this year will sort of indicate where Sonny Dykes ranks among big 12 coaches. But my, my final answer, I don't know if you guys are really going to like it. I really like Matt Campbell at Iowa state. Mm. I think he's genuinely just a good person. I think he cares a lot about his players. And the main reason why I chose him is because he's had offers to coach at bigger programs. I think it was after their 2017 season, 2018 season. I forget which school it was, but a bigger power five school offered him. It seemed like that was the right move for him. And he turned it down. He said recently in an athletic article that the last three years have tested him, but he's not looking just to jump to another program just to get those wins and get the title. He wants to go to a program that does it the right way. And it's harder to find those in this day and age with NIL and player deals and everything. So I just, I think he cares about the players more Mm -hmm than anything and that's just something that you don't see from a ton of coaches these days in fact i think i'm pretty sure that it was a detroit lions that yeah it was nfl yes that was like an eight-year deal the majority of coaches are taking that because they want to you know leave the college ranks it's a little easier of a schedule in the nfl but hey respect to him for staying yeah yeah i like that answer a lot more than sunny dykes like i I would pick i mean i just i i don't like i i don't want to say i don't like him he rubbed me the wrong way during the OSU game, the way he was yelling at the refs about <laughs> yeah. how it was going with the, uh, the substitution rule. Yeah. Uh, it just seemed like he was complaining a lot. And I do think that he kind of lucked into it. Like you were talking about, Meg, like inferring that a little bit because Max Duggan wasn't the starting quarterback at the beginning of the year. And I think that he, it just happened to be that he flipped a switch and was a gamer and he benefited from that. But now he's going to be able to benefit from, all those wins, being in the national championship, being in the DFW Metroplex to be able to, you know, get some recruits in there. But Texas boy. yeah, I just don't, I just don't feel that. Like I, I would, uh, I would definitely pick uh, Matt Campbell over Sonny Dykes. I will say though, personal I think personally, I think Matt Campbell is a little overrated. If especially 
when you look at his record with Brock Purdy and without Brock Purdy. The question saying. isn't the question isn't who is the most yeah, under coach. The question was who do you respect? who you respect? Which well, yeah. how can you respect somebody? Well, never mind. You know what? Because <laughs> I, I can respect him as a coach and for sticking out with his team and, and turning down the NFL and turning down bigger right. programs because he wants to build something at Iowa State. Because mm-hmm. a lot of coaches follow the money, and he hasn't been doing that. And he's admitted these last three seasons have been hard on him. So I think this year is going to be huge for Matt Campbell, and they need to make a bowl game if he wants to keep his job. But I respect who he is as a coach and how he mm-hmm. cares about his players. That's, That's a good true. answer. Yeah, and I don't, I don't necessarily know that they get rid of him if they don't make a bowl game because I don't know <laughs> if Iowa State could attract a better co- uh, coach than yeah. Matt Campbell. But like a um, great season, we got to see how it rolls. A great season for Iowa State is seven and five, and if he can get them seven and five like consistently, then you know he might be there for his life for a lifetime. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens, but um, Matt Campbell is my final answer. That's that's who I am, that's who I am going with. So this is sort of a two-parter, guys. If you could change one rule on the field, what would it be? And then also off the field, but not necessarily a rule, but just something that's a college football thing that is mm-hmm. off field. So is it scheduling? Is it recruiting? Is it NIL? That type of thing. Yeah, on the field, I think. You know, I'm a DB. <laughs> Y'all know I'm a DB. So if somebody is, you know, going to commit a – well, actually, I'm, I might be thinking about – I might be conflating it with the NFL rule. If you get a pass interference, is it – it's not on it's the not spot. A spot it's not a spot yards. foul in college. Okay. So but okay. 15 yards is still ridiculous, right? Uh, it's it's. I don't think so. For pass interference? Yeah, for pass interference. I think 15 yards is fair. Uh, I guess the, the rule that I is actually would change up. 15. It's 15. It's 15. Okay. Yeah, if it's if it's uh, beyond 15 yards, then it's 15 yards. Uh, mm. Anything beyond, but under, under that, you know, spot. Um, man, whenever it comes to the targeting rule, I mean, that targeting rule has such a significant impact on games lately. I mean, you're you're taking some of the best players out. Like there are some things that are clearly just unintentional, right? I don't like that you get suspended for the following uh, week's game. Mm-hmm. Um, or that you have to sit out a half or anything like that. But yeah, you know, if somebody you know does a helmet to helmet or it looks like it's targeting, and then it doesn't seem like it was intentional, everything looks worse in slow mo. By the way, so I don't even yes. like going and looking at the replay and trying to determine okay, was this intentional? Yeah, okay, like maybe you know have them sit out for like the remainder of that series, but bring them right back in. Like it's it gets it gets a little ridiculous. Targeting has enormous impact on football games in college football. I'm piggybacking off of Eve's targeting thing because I didn't have one, but it just sparked an idea in my head and that there'd be a time limit on reviewing the targeting play. Because to me, if you can't determine if it's targeting in 30 seconds, then move on. It's the same with the NFL when they review a play for 10 minutes, it seems. It's like if you can't decide that that's conclusive evidence that it happened or didn't happen, then you shouldn't be able to overturn the call. You should be able to determine it fairly quickly. So there should be a time limit on reviewing targeting. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and say my answer because that, I mean, that is what it is. It's instant replay. I think we're spending way too much time looking at instant replay throughout the game, and it takes away from the rhythm of play. I mean, everybody knows the referees aren't perfect, but they need to be good enough that we can trust their call the majority of the time. And if a coach wants to challenge a call, I have no problem with that. I think there can be strategy involved with that, like weigh your options on the spot to know 
if this is worth it for me to challenge it or not. But man, a review almost like every other play. I don't remember what game it was that we. It feels like it's OSU games. Like these are the ones we're watching. Yeah. But why? Why are we turning games into like four, four and a half hours because Texas of all these Tech. reviews? Tech. Texas Tech. Oh first yeah, exactly. I'm like. <laughs> yeah, that first half was so long. <laughs> Bro, I was yeah. exhausted at halftime. I was like, I'm just ready to go. <laughs> It was so bad. Yeah, not to mention it, the game itself was an emotional roller coaster. It was the longest yep. roller coaster ever. Well, my off-field thing that came to me when we were chatting pre-show is uh, this is based on a conversation I had with Coach Gajewski. I'm aware he's a softball coach, but he said something, and I think that this is the the rule that I would enact off the field, and that there is a mandatory mandatory dark period between the end of college football season. So like the day after the national championship until like through January or a week or 10 days, whatever time limit you want, there's a mandatory dark period where coaches cannot do any recruiting, no contact. Basically you're required to take off during that time. And I say that because I talked to coach Gajewski about a week after the, they were eliminated from the women's college world series. He's like, Oh, I'm already in next season. I've already been recruiting. I was out yeah. for a week. And he's like, I just want time off, but you can't take time off because you're going to miss the boat on a recruit. So I think if they implemented a mandatory dark period where coaches had to take off, could not contact recruits, then there's not this sort of, oh, no, I need to get out there before this other school swoops in and steals the guy that I want. And it's an equal playing field because no coach is allowed to contact anybody. Protect their mental health. Yeah, I feel for the coaches. I definitely feel for the coaches. I do feel for them in that aspect. But at the same time, like it is they're college kids and you got to know where you're going before you got to enroll in January. So if you miss that window to transfer, I I just don't see a way around it unless you just back everything up. If you want to have some kind of a dark period where you, I mean, it's just too fast of a turnaround because you got, you got finals, you got bowl season and then like it's tough. It doesn't have to be January, but then after national signing day, what's that? The first Wednesday in February after that, do it like there's an, or in the summer, there there is a week or two period over the course of 52 weeks in a year where college football could go dark. I don't know what t- I would have to look at an exact calendar of when people yeah. need to be where I couldn't tell you, but I think that I don't think that you're going to lose anything if you are not doing anything from July 1st to July 10th. And that's yeah. all. It, yeah. It's, it's a mixed bag depending on which coaches you talk to. Some people think that this calendar is the best that it's ever been. Right. I think Chip Kelly is one of the people that actually talks about how he actually is a big fan of this calendar. Um, I remember the old calendar. Mike Gundy was actually one of the ones that spoke out about it the most when he wanted to change to, I think, the format that it is right now. But one of the biggest elements to factor in, of course, is the academic calendar. Um, Teams on the West Coast, they're they're running on a quarter based system quarterly and seems like everybody else does semesters. And, you know, just how everybody is able to actually go in and enroll in the classes like that's the best thing that works for everybody across the country. And to that same point, that actually is what leads to my rule change that I will change off the field, which is. I think that college football needs to be governed differently than the rest of the sports um, than, than every other sport, to be honest with you. I think that we need our own commissioner that you know, pretty much dictates things its own way. I think that it's, uh, you know, it's a little bogus that the SEC can, you know, only play nine opponents uh, in a season if they wanted to, like nine conference opponents in a season if they wanted to. Uh, Well, 
scratch that. I'm saying that wrong. Eight conference opponents and schedule one of the non-conference games in the middle of the season. And you're just like, what in the world is going on over here? Like Coach Saban has figured out exactly how to like he he's pretty much hacked the scheduling to where he never has to play a big game at the away game. Typically it's a, it's a neutral site, right? So he does like all these tricks and all these maneuvering and he can do that because he's in the sec and the big 12 can do certain things because they're in the big 12 and the pac 12 just operates differently. I'm like, yo, can we just have some consistency across the board? And that's what I would change. Man, Saban is a master at some of that stuff. He's kind of like Gundy in the way that he's, you know, able to manipulate some of the trans or uh, what is it? The, uh, you know, the, whenever you're, um, Going off the field. Oh, yeah, yeah. Constitution rules, yeah. I keep, I keep, I've got transfer portal on my mind. People are transferring mid game. That's how bad it's gotten. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Transferring mid game. I mean, like Vernon Davis, whenever not Antonio Vernon. Brown. Yeah. It was yeah. Vernon Davis. Didn't Vernon Davis just retire mid game? Well, Vernon Davis was a tight end, right? Or am I? Vontae. Vontae. Yes. Vontae, Vontae. Davis. At yeah. halftime, just saying, yo, I'm out of here. He said, we suck. I ain't coming back out. <laughs> Man, I hope uh, we never have to deal with that. No respect. Um, I don't really know. I don't think I have really an off-the-field rule that I would change, but I do think that I, I saw a tweet that kind of got a lot of likes that was talking about uh, it, there should be a rule against transferring twice. Like, you shouldn't be able to transfer twice, and I don't. I don't even know what that solves. I feel like the majority of people are only transferring once and people aren't tracking where they're going after that. Like Bowman. We, yeah, I was yeah, we, we would Hello. we're benefiting. We are benefiting from that rule. So I don't really I, I mean, I don't know what that I don't know what they're trying to to say there. Yeah. To me, that's circumstantial because I think you see some kids where it's like, oh, I'm transferring and I don't like my situation. I'm transferring again. But if you transfer to a school because of a coach and that coach leaves, you should then be allowed to also transfer, but it, I think that it does get a little wild, wild westy when oh, people are like, I don't like it. Yeah. There's a guy this week who transferred from Alabama to Georgia. And now he's, it was just reported that he's, uh, he's no longer on the Georgia football team and he's transferring again. And just like, what in the world is going on right now? Yeah. yeah. Can't transfer twice. Then he would be in, on in the same off season. Mind you. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah. This next question comes from Cowboy Tay. I'm going to pull up the actual, I don't have the full, I'm going to pull up the full thing on my phone so I can read what he wrote to give context. So Cowboy Tay said on YouTube, call me crazy. I like it when we play as many local kids as possible, if they are the best. In a plausible scenario, who are the most likely Oklahoma kids to get starting reps this year? Presley is the easy one on offense. Oliver and Daniels on defense for sure. But who else do you think has starter playmaker potential? So mm -hmm. thank you, Cowboy Tay, for that question that stumped both Justin and Eve. So I will tell you who I think has the potential. And that is Jaden Bray from Norman, Oklahoma. He was uh. registered most of last season due to injury. He played in 12 games as a freshman in 2021. I think he has a chance to really make an impact on offense, especially considering the uh, wide receiver room saw a lot of turnover this offseason. So Jaden Bray, I think it's also that we need him to step up to take some pressure off of Brandon Presley on the offense. And then the other guy, I don't think he's going to make an impact this year, but over his career, I'd love to see it happen is of course, Gabriel Rodriguez, the brother of 
beloved Malcolm Rodriguez. So I'd love to see him over his career emerge as a good, a, a key guy for Oklahoma state. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, for me, it's the left tackle Dalton Cooper. I thought that we played pretty bad at left tackle uh, last season. So here's a guy who's transferring in and coming from Texas state. Um, he's coming from Texas state, but he is from uh, Prague. Is that how you say it? Is it Prague or Pragu? It's Prague, Oklahoma, right? Justin, our, re- our residential. Is it Prague? Uh, it it's just it is what it is. <laughs> Justin, I'm highly disappointed right now, bro. Uh, it's just yeah. so weird. Like I feel like I should know because I know like Miami instead of Miami, yeah, and Durant instead of Durant. But you know, I don't know. It could be it could be either one of those. It could be something that you didn't even pronounce. So I'm not gonna yeah. say one way or another because. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, hopefully that's the case. Hopefully he doesn't get benched or anything like that. Hopefully our run scheme is going to be on point as we talked about in the last episode. And here's a guy going into his red shirt senior season. And, uh, you know, you, you just hope the best for him and that he's actually able to go back into his hometown and get some more of them boys to come to Oklahoma state. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, There's nothing like, uh, sorry, let me just say this. There's nothing like being a, in a state where there is no NFL team and you can be like the place where everybody wants to go. Right. If you're in the university of Georgia, people love UGA. Like you don't want to go, like you grow up loving UGA, which by the way, I still don't know how they lost Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence to, to Clemson, both of them, but you know, that's n- neither here nor there, but LSU, if you grow up in the state of Louisiana, you love Louisiana State University. Like other other states, other schools almost don't even bother trying to recruit out of Louisiana because they know if you're a good player in the state, you're going to LSU. And I there, I would love for that to be the case in Oklahoma. It's like, hey, if I grew up in Oklahoma and I'm a great player in Oklahoma, there's nowhere I want to go other than Oklahoma State. That's awesome. Well, Meg, you did have my answers. Of course, I, I had Jaden Bray on my radar. Forgot that he was from Oklahoma, so my bad. My bad. I love my local guys. But I think part of the reason was because he was number 85 and then switched numbers on me. So mm-hmm. staying a little salty with that. Um, he's five now, right? And he's number five. When it's Jay a great Stewart. number. Five is a great number. Yeah. It, uh, Reggie Bush, man. That's every time. Mm, that is a good number. Mm-hmm. Um. And of course, Rodriguez. I mean, dude's destined for greatness. So I'm excited about that. Now, one guy that I will say uh, who is, of course, on the radar now because he is number 85, uh, Tyke Anders. And I hope I'm pronouncing that first name correctly, but he's from Enid, Oklahoma, and he was coached by legendary wide receiver Rashawn Woods. So mm, nice. I think that he has. Uh, great potential. If it's not this year, I'd understand he's coming in six uh, one one eighty five. You know, get get a get a year of body by glass under you, and uh, we'll see you in the future. Love and it. Still, please rep number eighty five for me. Make me proud. We'll see. We'll see who the standout is. We've talked about who we think will make which Oklahoma native players can be standout stars this year, but guys. Who do you think we're looking forward already to the 2024 NFL draft because we love to predict these things far too early, but which Oklahoma state player do you think will get drafted first or drafted highest in 2024? 
I got to look at the value of positions and everything, all things considered. I think Colin Oliver. Colin Oliver probably ends up being that guy. Um, yeah, I think especially whenever – especially if he can get used the way that he was getting used his freshman year where he is rushing the pass for more. You know, DB's best friend is that edge rusher, right? So I'm rooting for Colin big time. But uh, I think I think he ends up being the guy. I'm going to go with the other number five. And that is Kendall Daniels. I think mm. he is uh, may he he might end up as he won't be eligible. He might be the best uh, safety in Oklahoma State history when it's all said and done. So he, he won't be eligible in twenty twenty four, my guy. He won't. He's only a no. sophomore. Yeah. Really. This is his. So that's how that's how good he is. All right. <laughs> so obviously, I mean, the answer is Colin Oliver, right? It has to be. I also said Colin Oliver just because you saw Will Anderson from Alabama go three. Now, do I think that Colin Oliver will be a top 10 draft pick? I don't know. He could have an incredible I season. I don't, I genuinely do not know. But you see, if you do have a, a player like Will Anderson, they traded up for the Texans, traded up to snag him. So I think if Colin Oliver can put 2022 behind him, not that he had a bad season, but 2021. He had a phenomenal, phenomenal freshman year. And if he can kind of pick up from that and get after the quarterback more and make more, not more of an impact, but just be one of those like hard hitters on defense, I think that he could get drafted very, very high overall. Yeah. This is is a uh, dream scenario here, but if Elijah Collins ends up uh, just as a stud, even if it's like as a supplemental running back. I think we're going to be running the ball a lot this year. Um, I think that Ollie Gordon is definitely RB1, but if Elijah Collins comes out and they're a one-two punch in the same kind of breath as what you'd see from you know back in the day with Lindell White, Reggie Bush type of scenario, then hey, Elijah Collins, you know, go go get that NFL money, you know, make us make us proud for uh, you know bringing in Oklahoma State former Michigan State Spartan. So maybe we can get you up there with the Lions, with old Malcolm. Just get a Oklahoma State team rolling up there. A sleeper could be Justin Wright, man. Like Justin Wright, I think over the past couple of seasons, our linebackers have been getting freaking drafted, right? Like that year that Malcolm Rodriguez got drafted, another guy went to the what, – what, what's the dude's name? Kevin Harper. Yeah, Harper that went to the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. and – I was there at his pro day. He was the most impressive. Well, no, Malcolm was the most impressive. He was the second most impressive person <laughs> at that pro day. And it was actually pretty close. It was yeah. pretty dang close. But those two put on a show. So if you know, if he can bring some of his 100 tackles that he had last year at the University of Tulsa over to Oklahoma State, then he can, uh, he can rise up the draft charts for sure. We will revisit this question later in the season because obviously the other caveat with the draft is draft order and team needs. So that could obviously shift – the, right. But if you're a stud, you're a stud and you're going to go high anyway. So we will we will see if our tune changes throughout the 2023 Cowboy football. Season. I hope it's Brandon Presley, to be honest with you. I hope Brandon Presley is like a first round pick. I mean, we were all surprised that Tyler Lacey was the first Cowboy off the board. Well, I'm the first with that. He went as high as he did. I personally was True. surprised that he went in the fourth round because he was not projected that high. So who, who knows who the surprise is going to be this mm-hmm. year? Well, from what I've heard, well, of course – what Eve said with the linebackers, you know, got to give shout out Joe Bob Clements for developing the linebackers. But being in that new Nardo defense, Nardo. Uh, we could see we could see some 
vicious stuff. I, I want to see it. So let's go. All right, guys. Last question from the mailbag. This came out this week from the SEC Media Days that their 2024 Media Days, for the first time ever, will be held in Texas, Dallas, Texas, to be exact, in the Omni Hotel, I believe it was. Yes, Omni Hotel in Dallas will host SEC Media Days 2024 as a nice little welcome to their newest members, OU in Texas. How do you feel about this decision from the SEC? Justin, did we stay at the Omni Hotel for the uh, the Cotton Bowl? Whenever we were, I know we stayed there for the Heart of Dallas Bowl for sure, but you weren't you weren't there. Was it? It might have been the Gaylord. It wasn't the Gaylord. So it was the Omni. Okay. Had to have been there. great hotel. Definitely a great, great hotel. Should they be in Texas? I don't like it. I don't. I don't like them being in in our backyard. I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do. But I, I don't know. I, you know, it's it's going to be Texas and OU's first year. They're coming in there. Everybody want to be in Texas, of course. But look, I'm territorial. I think I'm just territorial. Like, get the SEC off of our freaking area. Like, ever since Texas A&M went over there, and now they're getting another school over there, I'm just like, yo, can we just – can y'all just stay in the southeast and, and let Texas be Texas? I don't know. It's, it's weird for me. I don't like it. I have no opinion. I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> just being real, like it's it's Oklahoma State, it's Big Twelve, I guess. Uh, see you later, SEC. You later, OU in Texas, and y'all can do whatever you want, wherever you want. I don't care. I don't like it. I agree with Eve. Get off of our turf. Also, like poor A and M, they're a Texas school, and they did not get this welcome when when they moved into the sec so like if i'm a and i'm feeling a little slighted by this but what do i know <laughs> yeah and i think that year too texas a&m had the highest grossing football program in the country yeah. so yeah they really didn't get any love i'm right. never gonna feel bad for texas a&m yeah fair yeah me neither fair but before we go i want to say a quick best of luck to the u.s women's national team world cup starts this week so excited so excited I'm gonna have to set my dvr because it's on at like 4 a.m sometimes here and i'm i'm not up at 4 a.m but i will set my dvr and watch it when i wake up around 5 36 so excited go usa thank you for listening to another episode well, hold, hold on before before we close it out you were talking about usa over here if you know we talk about bet online is our sponsor after all you can get the women's national team i think at like plus 250 to as a future bet to win it all so pretty good value right there for those of y'all who care i actually went and put mine in today and i was just like yep we're gonna yeah let's just make sure that we get that uh squared away real quick (laughs) go place your bets for the women's national team and this episode of believe in ok state was presented by bet online so do it through them thank you all for listening like share subscribe comment follow send more questions we'll do more of these mailbag things we like we like coming up with answers to your questions and of course go pokes go pokes go pokes
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.